What's going on, everybody, in this pandemic world? This is Detravis Bethea. I'm your host of Read the Fine Print. This episode here is with the good brother, Stevens Lonsworth Jr. Um, he is a partner, um, and I believe he is the CEO of Scriptertainment. Um, that's an app. You can go download that app in both the Apple and the Google Play Store. Please go support the brother. Today's fine print is about the fine print of we dive deep into the fine print of the app business uh, also he's a social media genius but we didn't we didn't get into that but we we'll, we'll, i'll bring him back hopefully if he wants to come back on another show um for pop culture we uh discussed uh why i think the wu-tang um the american saga series that the, the acting is trash on that and then i also go into why michael jordan ain't the goat um so please Stay tuned and listen and rate, review, uh, subscribe. Even if you hate it, leave a comment. Um, I ain't that sensitive, but, you know, we always going to approve. But again, enjoy. Let me know. Give me some feedback. Peace. All these things that can interrupt me right now. I think I'm good now. Yeah, man. So welcome to Read the Fine Print, the podcast. I'm your host, Detravius Pathea. I go by many other names, but we just going to go with the government today. Hold up, hold up. Well, what's one of the other names? Because um, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. one of them was DB. DB. Uh, DB is one. One of the uh, one of the names is, um, depending on how long you know me, Boogie is one. Oh, I didn't know that. Nah. Boogie, <laughs> old man, Boog. Uh, that's, yeah, that's got to be new. It was, it was a family name. Boogie is a family uh, okay. name. Old Man Boogie is a family name. Mister is a family name. Uh, names in the street is uh, or was Trey Dog. That was that's old. That's nineties. <laughs> that's nineties. Nineties. Trey Dog. Wavy Trave. That's Trey new, Trey. right? That's new. You told Wavy me that the other old, day, so Wavy that's Trey new. Old too. Wavy Trave is old. You had waves. Yeah, you always used to be crazy. I got to show you the Facebook page. I'm face, I got a picture on Facebook. My picture is crazy, but they, I can't show you what's going on now. <laughs> every hairstyle growing up, I could never get my waves right. That's yeah. the one. I couldn't get it right. I just I just put it aside, took the wave cap off, put the brush away. I couldn't get it right. <laughs> I had everything else. Though. Oh, well, we going there. So introduce yourself. <laughs> everyone in. uh, my name is Stephen Longsworth, Jr., I'm the CEO of Scriptertainment. I also have an entertainment company named Renaissance Life Entertainment. I work in social media for the last 10, going on 11 years. Uh, I have an MBA in media management. I'm an artist, meaning I, I'm a poet. I used to rap and went to poetry. Uh, dabbled in the music industry for five years. I have a new music project I'm working on. Um, that's that's a lot about me. <laughs> okay, Stephen Longsworth Jr. So what do you go by? I call you. I know you by Steve. I don't know you by Steven. Yeah, Steve <laughs> or Stephen. A lot of people. Uh, mostly people I've worked with. You know, on the on jobs mm-hmm. in my career, they would just use my last name because they think it's because it sounds nice. Um, they they yeah. a bunch of people just called me Longsworth. Yeah. When I started doing poetry and took a stage name i just used my last name uh so if you ever come and see me do poetry and i get introduced i'll be introduced as longsworth is my poet artist name uh, yeah 
So you and and my back in the day rapper name that comes from a family name was Scoobs. Scoobs. So there's people that only yeah, there, there's a handful of people out there that don't even know my name is Steven and only know me as Scoobs. <laughs> yeah, we uh, uh Sean called you Scoobs. Yeah, yeah he says that. <laughs> you Scoob. I don't think he ever called you Steve, yo. Yeah. Nah. nah only on that. only on our script entertainment team calls. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he always calls you yeah. school. All right, so, so I'm trying have, to I go by many names as well. But Steven or Steve, either one. Right, I'm going to go Longsworth. With, uh, Longsworth. I like Longsworth. <laughs> um, I'm trying a new format with you, so we're going to see how it works. Okay. Going through, um, it's going to be more um, tailored and uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not tailored. More organized. Like before, I just go off the cuff, but now I'm trying a different format. We'll see how it works. So we're gonna start with some um before we dig into your fine print of what you do and the things that you would want people to know that that uh other folks don't talk about that's in the the uh the app business, the the, the entertainment business and the and the media business. Okay. We get to start with some um some pop culture things. So I'm <laughs> yeah, on I'm all about pop culture. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So I'm late on this, but I'm just catching up <laughs> the last three episodes. Um we just talked about it before wait, the call. You're only three episodes in? No, I'm, I got three episodes left. Okay. Okay, well, I'll try not to spoil anything for not you, but, you know. I mean, we know the story, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah we know the reality, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to start with um, Wu-Tang. What's called? The Saga Continues, right? Yeah, Saga Continues. Yeah, well, so no, you, no. Wu-Tang and American Saga. An American Saga, yeah. that's right. I yeah. like that because they're just like, look... We here, yeah, we, we American, we black, but we American, you know, yeah. this is our culture too, and they, you know, just taking ownership of it, so I like that. So, got you, so you said you, you, you saw one of my Facebook posts, and you said you disagree, the Facebook <laughs> was, um, I think the Facebook post was, uh, I like the show, but the acting is trash. Yeah, man, yeah. that's, that's you think rough. About the act, so you saying you disagree? Well, yeah. you know. I, I, as soon as somebody, I just, so I'm an artist, mm -hmm. so I understand the sensitivity around being an I'm artist. artist too, by the way, by the way, okay. I, I started with okay. film. Yeah, film, I was okay. doing film, rap, all that. All right, yeah. all right, we'll see, we'll see, I never heard nothing, but all right, okay, <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> if you say so, yeah. um, I'm gonna have to hear something, um, yeah. You know, so I just understand the sensitivity around it. I appreciate that. And as soon as somebody says trash, it's like, well, you are discounting a lot of stuff that needed to happen to create. And it's, to me, it's just unfair um, when I hear that. So, but I'm an easy critic. So I might be, my scale is tilted, you know, all the way this way because I'm an easy critic. Um, but my dis. I, I don't I don't think it was trash. I think it was great. I think they have so, some that, good I said, actors. I said that and some actors. Yeah. 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 I think uh what I saw was that the acting because some of some of these people are first time actors. You have a cast that's a mixture of actors that are that needed to learn to rap uh -huh. and rappers that are acting. So you have this this combination you know of one type of artist doing the other art and you're combining them so that's an element you know to overcome but what i saw was like between episode one and four 
the acting got better. And that's, it's kind of, you really shouldn't see that, right? It shouldn't be noticeable, but it was, and at least there's improvement in the acting as, as it goes on. So I hope we get to a season two, and by the time we do, I'd expect the acting to have improved even yeah. more, you know, from those, the actors that are on the show. Um, so, yeah, you know, I feel you. I feel you. I thought, oh, man, that could be better. And uh, my man that played Ghost, I think his acting, I think, improved the most from episode to episode. I think the first couple episodes, it was apparent, hey, this guy, you know, he, he aight, but he was going really hard at, you know, being Ghost. It was like he was overly overacting, and that improved as it went along. You say, I think, you mean Rizzo? Nah, ghost. Are you talking about, <laughs> you talking about power? Are you switched up on me already? Nah, ghost. I'm talking about Ghostface oh, Killer. Ghost dude that played Ghostface Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude that played Ghostface Killer, I think, you know, was really, it was kind of overbearing the first couple episodes. And then I think he found it. And you can see that in the show as it progresses. Um, so at least, you know, kudos to the improvement on the acting as the show goes along so so let let me get my bias out the way well let me tell you (laughs) take my bias in the audience Uh my bias so uh one i have a a tv film background i did directing i did writing um i won awards for it um in high school and all that and um, i didn't really and i worked in a business in the same business before i went to decided to uh become an attorney so yeah so my uh my first job in the um TV film business was um Big Dog Films. I worked for Hype Williams back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Name yeah. dropping. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just saying. I mean, that's 20, the, that's the 20 years ago. Huh? Hype is one of the greatest, man. Yeah, he he, he greatest. put our whole era on camera. Yeah. So that was over 20 years ago. So I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that. So that's my <laughs> background. So I have, uh, I, I've directed and I acted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I come from that. I'm I probably okay. overly critical. You're saying yeah, yeah, you critiquing with a director's eye. Yeah. yeah. So my um, so and with that out of the way, let me let me clarify. This is why it's great to have the, the conversation <laughs> versus just posting, right? So really, the acting when I thought about it after I wrote that and typed, there's not so much that the entire acting is bad. It's I could tell who has acting chops. And who really doesn't have acting? You know what I'm saying? Like you can yeah. tell, like when um, uh, uh, Riz's mom is on screen, like you could tell she's an right. actress. You know what I'm saying? Even when the um, the Italian cats come in in the scene, like you could tell, like they yeah. they are actors. And yeah. I think them being alongside the uh, the Wu Tang characters. I, well, let me rewind. <laughs> you, you're doing a lot of side. You're doing a lot of cleanup right now. Nah, 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 I'm saying, because I'm going to get to what, what, what I think is trash about it. I think the Wu-Tang characters are trash, and I think part of it is, I ain't going to say trash, that's harsh. The acting is, is, is not as good as the... Look, the I've already part. swayed your... Nah, 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 your, nah. Your, your, your language. I, I've done my job. No, no, you know what? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, because you think that, I'm going to keep saying they trash. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, the RZA, the RZA dude, he, to me... This is like my third or fourth movie seeing him in. I think he's typecast now. Like, hopefully, his name is um. Ashton. Ashton. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I hope he. I hope he takes a different role. I mean, I know he got to pay the bills, 
But I hope I hope he does something different, like the show. Cause I he seems like he may be professionally trained, but yes. he's only he's only been doing the, the same role for like four movies. Now is you saw him in the movie with Denzel. Yep. And you know how he's playing RZA, and he played Bigger Thomas and Native Big Son. Tom. Yep, yep. These are three completely different people. Is that really typecast? Because so young black man in America, that he's makes him typecast. Nah, nah, nah. He's playing. He's playing like the the hard the hard dude in it in all these roles. Like he's playing like the the. Uh, the the the, street. the hardest dude he's played is RZA, and RZA is the least hard dude in the Wu Tang. <laughs> I'm not not saying hard as in like I know I know exactly what you're saying, and that's where the you gotta take the take that wide lens off and just look a little closer because as the RZA, he's playing a rapper, young kid, kind of growing up in the streets. Okay, yeah, as Bigger Thomas, he's playing <laughs> young kid. Growing up in the street, well, being influenced by the streets. Ah, uh, yeah, and uh, and, and equalizer too. He was playing an yeah. artist. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. I'm glad. Well, what, I, is, what is he supposed to play? Now I just want to see him do a different role, man. I want to see him do something like um, um, I just want to see him do something different. That's all. Yeah, I feel like detective. Uh, I mean, kid. it's more. College kid, maybe do a college kid. But let me tell you what's gonna still make it seem like he's the same character. It's just that he has this unique voice. Uh-huh. And that's something that he's gonna have to work to present his his self differently uh-huh. in order for you to see him as playing a different role. Because that voice is so unique and powerful, it's hard to see him as someone else when that uh-huh. voice is so Distinct. I think I think his mannerism is, is dis, are distinct too. I, I would agree with yeah, that, yeah. and if he can work on that, that could probably you know, or or he gets to a point acting differently, or he gets to the point where we disregard his mannerisms. You know what I'm saying? Like because Denzel got the same mannerisms too. He, he has yeah. a lot of yeah. There's a, a thing I I think uh, you know Denzel's tone of his voice is what helps him be so great he has this tone in his voice that you just can't i just can't escape i think the voice is a very powerful on-screen tool as well to like that's part of the greatness yeah and and they they give you some credit maybe they're not trash this is my, (laughs) my second point is also that we we we've been living quote unquote i'm doing the quote sound with saying as personalities yeah. for tw- over 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. so I, like, I know how Ghost acts on camera. You know, I'm not right. around him in person. So when I see Ghost, the, the fake Ghost on screen, I'm like, that's not really... <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, not really how yeah. Ghost is. So when I, when I see RZA on screen and doing interviews and I see the RZA character, I'm like, that's not really how... But, but this is all story from before. Oh, yeah, yeah. You knew them yeah, on camera, and and before we got to look at them, like everything in yeah. season one is pre, pre you seen them in a video, yeah, right. Yeah. So maybe they slightly 
did change between from that, you know, one time. I mean, we see that there was change because these guys were shooting at each other, and we didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know that. Yeah. You would never, I would never have guessed that as a fan. Yeah. yeah, I only knew that because um I knew what's name um I've heard interviews of throughout the years and I'm right. talking about it. Um, but outside of you, right though, like the average fan, like the average casual yeah. fan, probably doesn't really know yeah. that. So there was definitely change in what we're seeing, the time period that we see on screen versus being exposed to them, you yeah. know, as as mainstream artists. Yeah, did you hear? Did you uh read or listen to you guys' book? Because you guys ain't had to make an appearance yet. I'm only got like three episodes yet. I heard about the book. I saw that he put it out. I didn't listen to it. Um, I know about it, but I didn't listen to it at all. I know that he's, you know, kind of putting his side of the story out there. And he hasn't made an appearance yet. Um, he doesn't make say, for the first season? If you want to know, no, he doesn't. And that's... You know, I'm sure that's that's business related. And then I don't know, you know, I don't actually know where he arrives, uh, you know, time, you know, in terms of the timeline. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the history if he was, you know, there in the time period of this season one and showed up later. Yeah. I don't know, because Capadonna's not in it, you know, um, but we know that you missed him. You missed him. Did I he miss Cap? Not, he, yeah, he's in the. um. He's in the jail with um with uh Divine. Oh, he's not out yet. Yeah, he's 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 the dude that okay. just brought over to the rap. He was like, oh, I missed that. Yeah, one of his songs that he had um the first oh, song we ever really heard him on when he went crazy. Yes, the shit is royal coming at you, dude. Yeah. He did that verse oh, in the jail. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch yeah. that. He went I didn't catch that. Damn, and so. A little bit of my history. So I spent five years in the music industry doing management. Um, and it, it still blows my mind, like, the people that I've encountered and got cool with. So Kappa was, I was cool with him for, like, a good year where we would just, I would just hit him. He'd hit me back. we just talk music a little bit. And I didn't really, I was managing some artists but didn't really have anything to you know, really solidly do with him. Um, but, it, you know, it's just, I, I was cool with Cap <laughs> for like a good year. Yeah. And, you know, we eventually we lost touch, but so I kind of feel whack that I didn't really catch yeah. that that was him in, in that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Cause he, 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 he busts into the rap and I'm like, okay, that's Cap but Don, but they never, cause you know, they, they was like Brooklyn versus Staten Island, Brooklyn versus yeah. everybody in jail yeah. or whatever. And then he said they had beef at the time. Him and Devon had beef because it was different parts of Staten Island. And he busts this around. Whatever that, whatever, I think it's that 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 verse from um, Yes, the shit is royal coming at your door. This came out wow. I, I believe it's that that uh verse. Um, yeah, but I, I think that's probably that's because I can't unsee <laughs> I can't unsee Wu Tang for the right. last years. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when I put them on screen, I'm like, all right. Um, to me, that's not how Ray. Well, one out. That's a terrible uh, cat. Look like job for Raekwon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't look like him, but I think he got the the slang down. He got the little walk down. He got the caps. Yeah, I, he, I think he pulled it off. And that kid is a good actor. That dude is a good actor. I can't say kid anymore. He's a grown man now, but he's a good actor. Um, he played. Did you see Into the Spider Verse? Yeah. 
which is a <laughs> great movie. My, my son's two and a half. It's his favorite movie, which I'm regretting now letting him watch because he yeah. wants to be a superhero and <laughs> thinks he's a hero and a villain sometimes. And it's, yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's another story. I think that's a big fight. Yeah. Yeah. So he played the voice of uh, Miles Morales. Oh, word, that's him? Yeah. I mean, this guy can act. <laughs> I got now. I gotta go back and yeah. check now. Yeah. yeah, he's a good actor. Check I, I his shows left, yo. So when we when we check in again, if you if this is a good experience for you, want to check in again? Yeah. We discuss the last two episodes, then I discuss. Yeah, I I I I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he's a good actor. I think I think he pulls off the the mannerisms and the slurs that Raekwon has. So I, I liked it. But yeah, but. You know, you said that he don't look like him, and I mean, we could go down a list of movies where people don't look like who they're portraying, right? And RZA, I heard an interview he did on radio, and he was talking about the casting, and he said, yeah, Ashton, don't look like me. But when I met Ashton and talked to him about the character, he embodied what RZA embodied at the time. So I could see him playing me at that time. Even yeah. though he don't, I know he don't look like me. That's not why I casted him. I casted him because he was, he showed me that he could embody who I was at that time. Yeah. And then he got criticism for not knowing Wu-Tang music, right? Yeah, because they young dudes, yeah. They young, yeah. you know, I mean, hip, at, 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 a, at a point, maybe 10 years ago, music opened up where everyone listened to, to everything, right? When we were growing up, you know, depending on who you were, you listened to a type of music until you got more, until something else exposed you to it, right? Mm-hmm. These kids aren't growing up like that. They're, uh-huh. They listen to everything and, like, unapologetically, right? There still is, you know, black music, white music, et cetera, but the exposure is different, right? The access mm-hmm. is different, and culturally, everybody mixes, Right? The separation isn't as it was when we were growing up. So you can't blame a kid for Ashton, like, for not have listened to Wu-Tang albums. Yeah. And he's so far removed from that era. <laughs> right? yeah, that's not, yeah, he can't be mad at that. So, like, yeah. but RZA said, right? you know, he it's didn't, one. that criticism, he just kind of brushed that to the side because it was like, well, it was okay for me to watch him on screen discovering the music because it added to the character, just mm-hmm. like, like his discovery of the music industry, Riz's own discovery of the music industry during that time, he felt that played positively to the character. Got you. Yeah, I I, I do think the um the ODB guy is doing a wonderful job. I thought that actually was his son. Dirty, and yeah, I thought yeah. I googled it, and I was like, oh, that's not even his son. I thought that was a little yeah. his son. Is like what, little dirty bastard. I little, thought that was yeah. Little, Old young dirt or something, <laughs> something yeah, like I that. That was him. And then I googled right. it, like, yo, that's not even him. Like he's yeah, doing. They did a good job with hair and makeup on on that guy. Yeah. Um. The I know I have seen old dirty's son perform with Wu Tang. I've seen some video footage of that, and you know his voice sounds just like dirt. So they love performing with him. You know. Um, I don't know why he didn't get casted. Maybe he didn't even want to. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I heard, well, I, the article I read, because I, after I Googled it, because I thought it was him, the article that I read was, um, he is mad that he didn't get casted really? at his pop. Wow. Yeah. Well, he, well, I don't know if, I don't know if he got offered a role. 
Yeah, you gotta get Rizzo on and ask him. Because Rizzo, they family, like that's his yeah. cousin, I believe. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. his. Yeah, it's his like second cousin, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, any last thoughts, closing thoughts on that? Because we can come um, back to that one. Yeah. No. Okay. No. I. I. I'm just. I would love to see a season two because it's just stuff that. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know that. You know, Riz's brother was the money guy and was in half the videos and we've already seen him. We just didn't know. Like, I didn't know that. I think that's pretty cool. And I think the casting for him was so spot on. Like if side by side, the mannerisms, the look like that was, a, that was a good one. Yeah. I think, I think Devon is, they did a good job with Devon, ODB and um, power. I think they did a good job. Yeah. with power. Yeah. <laughs> I think they did a job. I think Wesley doing a good job with Method Man too. Um, yeah, I think that's really good. He got yeah. the, he got the height, the fro as the, the fro is out. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he sounds like Meth too. He yeah, sounds like Meth, cool. and he can and he can rap. Really can rap. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, dope. Um, yeah. Last, I mean, last thoughts. I'd love to see a season two to learn more about you know what I don't already know and you know just hope and, and just hope that the show gets better. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I want to. And wanna, you know, um, it represents us, man. And it brought Wu Tang back to another, another a new generation. Yeah. <laughs> they I, can now go discover the music. I love. I like the. I like the. Like the series a lot, man. I, I, I don't. I was that was telling you before we got on the call when we was prepping for the call mm-hmm. yesterday. Like I don't watch a lot of TV, and I'm tuned into that. Um, yeah. I hope I'll watch I, everything. I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna finish. Hopefully, I finish this weekend. And then we can talk about it again. But um I, I like I like it, man. I hope to see season two. Um is also for everybody. I mean when I lose a video, I'm looking at down at what we gotta talk about. <laughs> um yeah, now nah, I'm saying for people that's like, yo, why you keep looking down? Um but yeah, I wanna see season two too, man. Yeah, so the last day man, it's hip hop. It's hip hop tang is forever, so yeah. Speaking of know, it's on Hulu, so that's interesting too, right? Sorry to bring it back, but just you know, new digital medias and just <clears throat> there's so many ways to get you, so many opportunities to get a deal, so many different avenues to go to. It's just a good place to be, good time period to get your workout with so many different options. You know so. what's crazy? This is a sidebar comment. What was crazy is just how much stuff is out there. So yeah. how actors are actually working because I don't think they just wasn't working as much before. It's just that now that. They just right. have so many outlets. Because before you got to get picked up or get shelved. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And now, like, you got so many options to get picked up that I think they, like, they, whatever's being created is being put out there. And they just see right. what's happening. You know what I'm saying? See what's, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. It's a lot. It's a lot going on, but I like it, though. And there's something for everybody. You know, yeah. there's something for everybody. You, If you can't find something you like, you're then you're just a hater. Yeah, that's <laughs> All right, speaking of culture, <clears throat> the last dance, man, MJ. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. I've watched, I've caught up, um, up to episode six. I think there's ten episodes, right? So four more to go. Yeah, I'm all caught up. I'm all caught up. I'm a basketball head. Just meaning, I, I let me let me clarify because I'm I'm not a stats guy. Yeah, you know, I can't rattle off who scored what in game what in what year. I'm just a basketball head that I love the game. I grew up playing the game. So I'll play with anybody on any court. I'll watch any kind of ball. Some of the most exciting ball I've seen is 
my cousins were young girls, basketball, you know, fifth grade, and they would just take dives to the ground. And <clears throat> it's just, I, I just love the game. So I'm a basketball head. So this is a great documentary. <clears throat> and I was a fake Bulls fan at the time. I mean, everybody was a Bulls fan. So I'm a Nets fan. You know, I'm a Jersey guy. So I'm a now I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan by way of New Jersey. But in, at that time, I was a fake Bulls fan. So yeah, yeah. so I, I love the the doc. Yeah, so we got we got that in common as far as like being a fake fake Bulls fan, <laughs> while really being a Nets fan. And I I went the Nets to Brooklyn at first, but then I was like, I gave up the last. I think the, at the season two, I was like, you know what, I ain't gonna like the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought the hat. Well, I think we talked about I'm it. Back. I talked about it a while ago. I was like, man, I had to brought the hat when they first went. And I was like, um, I think we talked about it, yo. He was like, I think probably when I first met you, he was like, yo, you got the Brooklyn Nets hat, that's dope, son. Yeah. Was, hey, I think, <laughs> your sister danced for him, right? Sister danced. Um, she did three years with the Brooklyn Nets dance team, and you know we we got a box a few times. So we was up in the box, got oh. down, not quite courtside, but got down to the lower level. So that was dope. That's the closest I ever got to watching on the floor. I worked for the Nets Foundation back in oh, the day. Really? Yeah, when they were in Jersey, um, doing PR for the yeah. Nets Foundation. So, I, I, you know, I was on the court, center court, taking pitches, met a bunch of the players, met Jason Kidd. That was, you know, ecstatic for me at the time. This was probably, uh, it's probably like 2001, 2002. Um, so that was a great experience. So, you know, I'm a Nets fan at heart and, you know, being from Jersey. Yeah, so my sister danced for them for three years. We... Went to some games, had great experience, partied in the Billboard Lounge, you know. Um, and and now and and we were that team got to the playoffs, um, so that was exciting. Yeah. It was unex, unexpected, yeah. right? Um, yeah, meaning the the team a couple years ago. Oh, a couple years ago, yeah. You know, just seeing that resurgence from a young team that I barely know <laughs> the players' names. Yeah. Right. But they they created a culture. And, you know, now we got some power names and looking forward to seeing these guys come back healthy whenever sports resumes. <laughs> Who knows right now? Uh, yeah. But but we got a good team going forward. So I'm excited. I, it, it, I thought it would be another five years and it's here. So yeah. I'm, I'm ready. So you want to see what the rent do. And when he gets we'll back. see what the rent yeah. do. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be the rent that we we. No love, but he's still gonna be good regardless. Hopefully, yeah. he is the Durant. They go. say oh. that injury you can fully recover from, but oh. it's also mental. You got to recover mentally from an injury, you know. Yeah. So. And this is like his second or third major injury. Right. Too. Right. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, he ready. He ready to try to get us a ring. Yeah, got you. What what what's, what stands out about um the last dance? What stands out for you? Ah yeah. <sighs> man. There's so many, so many stories. Yeah, it's and what I thought was dope, you know that that I mean, of course, all the behind the scenes. So everything is like, you know, if you didn't read about it in an article or you weren't like a sports head to like dive deeper, there's a lot of a lot of it is new for you if you weren't like consumed with it at the time. So it's definitely a lot of, you know, what I didn't know. What's kind of stood out for me is just kind of seeing. Um, uh, seeing the coach, what's my what's the coach name again? 
Phil Jackson. Uh, Phil, I was going to say Pat Riley because he was just he was in the last episode. Seeing Phil Jackson, you know, talk about the guy that he learned the triangle from was yeah, dope. Yeah, that was dope. That was, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I think, you know, if you didn't know that, you kind of assume Pat, um, assume that Phil came with the triangle, that he created it. But seeing that he learned it from somebody and brought it in was dope. Um, you know, not really, you know, just kind of seeing that they had to like coach Mike into playing team ball was funny as hell. Yeah. Like, like, you know, it's a team sport. We know you're the man, but you really had to get convinced to play team ball and was only convinced when you saw that it'll help you win. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that that's, that's an excellent point. I think. Say I'll be trolling people on that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I think for so for, for clarity purposes, <laughs> yeah. For clarity purposes, uh, you know, Jordan is Jordan is my favorite player of all time. So my favorite player is Jordan, number one, Magic Johnson, number two, um, Allen Iverson, number three. I don't really go and and LeBron at four. I don't got really got a five, right? So okay. that five gonna change when it when the day you ask me. You know what I'm saying? So right now. Five might be. I like the rent game a lot. I ain't gonna lie. I like his game a lot. Um, but it might be something somebody different. You ask me tomorrow. My four gonna stay the same for now. You know what I'm saying until somebody comes along and, and dethrones the four. But that I five goes in and out. All right. Yeah, yeah. So number five is in and out. So um, I think the 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 great thing about this documentary because I've been trolling people for years for this is like <laughs> it's the whole because it, it's it's. Destroying the whole myth that Michael Jordan did it on his own, mm -hmm. right? You know, that's like that's like the the ongoing. Well, he 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 his will to win and all this type of stuff. Right. And it's like yo, it really shows like, and you dealing probably dealing with this. And we gonna talk about your company with Script Entertainment. Yeah. It's really showing you how important like you have the right people in the right position, <clears throat> and everybody buys in. It really yeah. shows like how the team dynamic, how not only like the team on the floor. But yo, truth be told, Jerry Krause, man, he was he was a mastermind, man. He couldn't yeah. get away at the end of the day. That's how a lot of masterminds are, though. You know what I'm saying? Geniuses, like, right? Because they become so successful doing what they do, they stop listening to other people, or they don't really take. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? The critics. I mean, Steve Jobs did. Steve Jobs was fired at. Yeah, at he don't listen to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was. I mean, I'm sure that's that's a that's a broad statement, but. He stuck to his vision. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. he stuck to his vision, and, and Jerry Krause stuck to his vision to the end, right? Really, yeah. and it's like, in a, in a way, like in hindsight, you could be mad at it because you people say he he destroyed the dynasty, but but I don't think that's a fair assessment of it all. I don't either. I yeah. don't either because he he made a decision, but then everyone else also made their decisions. Exactly. He yeah. wasn't forcing Jordan out. Yeah. Exactly. He just didn't allow Jordan to dictate, you know, to to play general manager. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, and this is why, you know. They could have won another championship with a different coach if yeah. if the players stayed, if Jordan stayed. Yeah. The thing about it is, for real, for real, it was like, and you talked about, you know, the, the triangle offense, is that. That was Jerry Krause's guy, Tex. That was the guy, yeah. Tex, and then, <laughs> and then Phil was his guy. Phil didn't get the job yeah. the first time. Yeah. Phil was his guy. Uh, Horace was his guy. 
You know what I'm saying? Forrest Grant was his guy. So it who coach was his guy. So it was like yeah. you, can, you know what I'm saying? Like you can hate like this dude and, and say, you know, he destroyed the not but who knows if there even is a dynasty without the because at the at the time, like it seems it seems obvious now because it worked, right? Didn't, but like, didn't he also you know, I mean Jordan was the he went in number three. Yeah. But I think Jordan, three. I believe Jordan was picked before before he got there. So I think he inherited Jordan. But I think okay. he got there the year after Jordan. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he got there the year after Jordan was already drafted. Okay. So he, he traded he traded Oakley for um, right. Bill. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Oakley was Jordan's guy. So it was like, he's making all these moves that Jordan don't even agree with. You know what I'm saying? But he's right. like, he, he like, yo, let me do my job. I mean, they had issues anyway, but let me do my job. It's two alpha males going at it for real. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying it's like and, and Jordan ridiculed the shit out of this guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so for him yeah. to start to take things personally, I can see why. Yeah, because yeah. He, you know he exactly. personally he would personally attack him. Personally attacking him all well, the that's time. My business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, he and you were killing him publicly, He's which ridiculed. we didn't know. Which we didn't know that. You didn't know that. Yeah, he's so. ridiculing the guy in public. And this is just all the stuff we just see in court on camera. So imagine yeah, what's yeah, not that's only what's being shown. Yeah, right? yeah, just so. to get their the point across. Yeah, yeah, I think for me, what's standing like the, the, the most important message that I'm getting through through this whole series so far is just how important it is to have a good team, man. Mm-hmm. A good team around you, a good and um this and also just like how things end up working, man. Cause you never we all we have control over is what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so many things that was out of Jordan, Krause, Pippen, all their hands, but it just it all came together, man. Right. But they all right. put the work in, though. At the end of the day, you got to put the work in, and you got to you gotta have a good team around you because if you don't, shit ain't going to work, man. Nobody right. does it alone, man. I think it might have been one of your comments. Was it you that in your comments said, because, you, you know, you talk about the LeBron-Jordan comparison, and you go hard for LeBron in that argument, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as far as being the best, yeah, you said yeah. Jordan's your favorite, but as far as being the best, you go hard in that argument for LeBron with stats and all of that. And you, it might have been you that said uh, Jordan didn't start working out until year six seven. or seven, whatever. Six, seven. <laughs> Some, somebody said it. See, the thing to get is strong, right? To to beat the Pistons. Yeah. So my my thing is like um. Outside of the trolling, I, I wrote this before multiple times, like, but I I, I can't help myself but troll sometimes. <laughs> like outside of the trolling, I think it's unfair to even compare these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like across eras, compare to you, you. Not only are we comparing them across eras, we comparing them across position. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it, it, it it's just unfair for anybody in that conversation. So the the reason I troll Jordan people so much because I, I'm I'm kind of a mad scientist. I'm a nerd, mad scientist. I just be try. I know what's gonna get under people's skin, so I know people are mostly attached to the dude. So they're gonna bring up all types of stuff just to narrow their um, right. focus there. Because you can't. There's no way you could be a consistent and and have Jordan as the goal, right? Like, because it's so it's so many. Yeah. Like, how how much do you weigh a, a championship? You know what I'm saying? How much does that count? You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Russell got eleven of them joints. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jordan how, said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have the same. It was, it was dope because they have the same sentiment as, as you do. Um, and he said that, and 
Kobe said the same thing, you know, in different words, but the same thing. And, uh, you know, I would assume that LeBron would say the same thing. And they talked about passing it down, learning from the generation before and being being great. You know, go be great. Be great. And it's like, think about it's like little stuff like because they talked about it in sneakers. Like, imagine if imagine if Bill Russell and them had. It's the sneaker technology that we have. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's unfair to even compare these people because because even Jordan was saying like, you know, he wore the, the, the Jordan ones and he's yeah. like, my foot was bleeding at the end of the game. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that's in his lifetime. That's in his career. In right. his, in his, uh, right. was only in that time period. Yeah, in his development, like he wore them sneakers for a year, yeah. and then you know he ain't never say they was bleeding before. You know what I'm saying? So Wait, I he, thought he only wore them at the at the Knicks game. Now I'm talking about he when he first got into the league because on the Jordan. Oh one, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he only won for that, but just switching over from. All right, so well, he got maybe. Uh, I, I would think that they weren't at that time back then because you remember he's much older. This is yeah, however many fifteen years later, putting on kicks from back then. You're talking about fifteen year older feet. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, you know? I think he was at year twelve at that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, we're talking about a different, a different body now different, that needs different bodies, different and different technology, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he so, he definitely felt the difference, and he was he right. said something, like, yo, like I can't believe I used to wear. He didn't say it like that, but I can't believe I used to wear these sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Because this technology yeah. is crazy. And they showed the, the the new the new Jordan he had that he's supposed to wear, yeah. but he threw no other joints on. But that's that, just that you know that brings me to another pop culture point. Yeah. You know, people talk about. Not buying expensive sneakers, you know, as as like you will get ridiculed for like buying $125 sneakers, and people say, oh, just go get your kids some $40 sneakers. Yeah. It's not the same. They was oh, it's made in the same factory. Yeah, maybe some of the materials are, maybe yeah. some of the putting it together is, but you can't just put on any pair of sneakers and and think you're gonna get the same performance or the same quality or the same comfort so yeah, yeah i just yeah i just wanted to throw that in there i don't appreciate yeah, that yeah i appreciate that i, I can see <laughs> yeah. you what you got somebody got on you for buying your something nah, nah, not on me i mean he so we haven't even ourselves bought him some jordans but you know other family members has you know right. he's stylish he's a stylish two and a half year old uh yeah. so it's just me seeing when i see those comments when i see those attacks it's like yeah. you're you're talking out the you know left side of your mouth because you 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 don't really know what you're talking about. You're talking about a financial thing, but you 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 don't understand. You don't know the full story. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you don't really. You're taking one element and using it to criticize people. Um, I I just don't think it's fair. I, there is a difference <laughs> between two hundred dollar sneakers and twenty dollar sneakers. I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> All right, we we just plug we we <laughs> talk about the 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 last. Nah, the, that, I think that's a good part of the conversation because you know we're talking about the Jordan brand, right? And it changed everything. It yeah. changed everything in terms of buying sneakers. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Now the reason I was saying I don't know how much time you got because we have forty five minutes almost. So uh, I, I know we got, we got we got, got I got I got two. I had, you know, eleven thirty on my on my schedule. We could keep going though. It's all right. Okay, cool. All right, cool. All right. Well, let's talk about the sneakers then, bro. <laughs> all right. What you want to talk sneakers? about? 
the sneakers, <laughs> the, the Jordan sneakers on its own, it's its own story. Did you was you was a, um you was getting Jordans as a kid? No, no, uh-huh. my parents can afford it. <laughs> I was not. I probably got my first pair of Jordans when I bought them on my own. Uh, okay. My favorite Jordans are the Jordan. I believe the Jordan fours, the Cements. Cements, yeah, they, they right? the, uh, which, which back the then I was was like begging for a pair. Those are threes. Those are threes. Cements. Yeah, I think whatever was... number the Cements are, the yeah. Cements are my favorite pair. I I was supposed to get them one summer, didn't get them. Still haven't gotten them. You know, <laughs> found them online. Was going to get them. It was like, yeah, I'll wait. Cause yeah. you know I got bills, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, it just was it wasn't priority, right? Yeah. But I found them original pair. Um, those original are my pair? favorite. Hmm? Original pair? Well, not from well a re-release, re-release right? Yeah, of you. the original design. Original design. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um. So you know, I found somewhere I could get them. Ha- still haven't, you know. But I've, I have was I would play ball every night in college for about three years, right? We'd play almost every night. I yeah. played ball as a kid growing up and then played, didn't play in high school, but I played intramural ball. Yeah. So eventually I got around to just buying my own sneakers to play in, and Jordans have been the most comfortable yeah. kicks I've ever I've balled in, straight yeah. up. So... Mm-hmm. Crazy, you know, go, ahead. go ahead. So, but then it's it's you know now I mean most Jordans are worn for fashion, not for for balling, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, then they talking to Doc about you know when Spike Lee did the commercial and that kind of elevated it to another level. Then he had him in the movie. He had him in Do the Right Thing, uh-huh. you know, and it just took him to another level. Um, I'm I'm not a sneaker head. Like I don't have a hundred pairs of kicks. I, yeah. I, but I will spend what I want to for what I like, like yeah, and yeah. for what I know is going to be good on my feet when I'm balling. Gotcha. So, so I'm not a sneakerhead like that, but I, I'm not mad at the sneakerheads because it's such a big culture now that it's, it's, they've converted it to big business. You know, there's the whole sneaker trade, right? So yeah, sneaker trade, stock yeah. market. I went market. out one of those, you know, five, six years ago. Um, to stock exchange, you know, when that was in New York, and that was crazy to just be in that environment and see, watching, doing deals and trading their kicks, and you know, people coming out their pocket with watts and you know, <laughs> trying to find a rare pair. What I would pay for if I could afford it and find it, and somebody's giving them up, is a pair of Air Mags. I would pay for those. Which one? The, the, Back to the Future joints. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that's what you were talking about. They was um, they I online. Pay. You can find them. You are gonna have to pay yeah, thousands. Yeah, of you know, I, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. do that later. <laughs> I'll do at that the, later. You know, you, after I build my house, I'll do that. But yeah, those I, I would pay for, and I would wear them. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would wear them. Yeah. Girl. So um, my um, so my history with Jordans. The first pair of Jordans I had was um the threes actually. So I, I think it's cement. I think the threes are the cement. But I don't want these sneakerheads to be co- crazy commenting <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, you gonna get ripped. Yeah, like I, I don't keep up with the numbers like that. <laughs> um, three, four. I think I, I think I kind of do know the numbers, but. And what's dope my, is that you know, at being hip hop, what we do, we just give them our own name. 
The yeah. cements. cements. They didn't come out as the cements. They didn't come out like as the Like beef and yeah. broccoli tins. We yeah. did that. Yeah. That's what we did. So, like, I had, so I, I had every pair from the threes, the cements, all the way to, um, uh, 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 I'm going to say, like, uh, 98. Whatever. I don't know what, what what Jordans those are. The 98 Jordans. Oh, so when but you just, left, you stopped buying them. I uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> well, when they stopped playing, right, then they just became more fashioned and I think they know. still, I think they people still using them for ball. It's interesting that you have that that history with them because mm-hmm. when I was buying them, I never played in them. You know what right. I'm saying? It was always a fashion thing for me. Like, so only time that I ever would play with them, play in them, is when I, um when they got old. Well, in my head, they got old. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. black joints get old when they get yeah. a crease in them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, but early on when I wasn't buying them on my own, like not saying we from the same place. So it's not saying that my right. mother couldn't afford it, but that was one of the things that she chose to buy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She chose yeah. to buy me for whatever reason. Made you uh, happy. Yeah, yeah. And um, like I said, I had them, I had every pair up until um oh, it was a couple pairs that I didn't have in real time. And only because I didn't have them in real time was because um I started wearing men's shoes and that price. <laughs> so uh-huh. like eighth grade and ninth grade before I was buying my own sneakers. Uh, eighth, the, the, whatever came out, my the uh-huh. I which ones came out was the Bugs Bunny joints. Yeah. And having real time. The Bugs Bunny joints, the one that had the little the little holes in the tongue. Uh-huh. Yeah, those the 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 inf- we call them the infrareds. Infrareds. Yeah. I, I didn't have those in real time. And I didn't have the the ones with the crossover straps in real time. Okay, I don't even think I like those. Yeah, I didn't like. <laughs> I wanted them because it was Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are the three pairs. I mean, I've owned them after that in real time. I didn't have them, so right. um, those are the three I didn't have in real time. Oh, but my relationship with them was like it was always fashion first. It was never about balling in them because I was like, because okay. when my mother early on, I only used to, I used to get four pairs of sneakers a year, so I used to get. Uh-huh. A pair for Christmas. It might not even have been four, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so now I got a pair. I got a new pair for school, right? School yeah. Versus, I got that September, pair. September, yeah. September. I got, I think I got a pair. I think I got a pair around Christmas. Okay, December. December. And only way I was always able to get Jordans, because my birthday March 15th. And Jordans okay. all came out. Around that time, like at all around for the summer, yeah. All star break, they released the new yeah. that. So, back in those days, it was always that was the release period. So, it was like they had one at the beginning of the season and the mid season. The mid season always was like the I think he always came out with the black, the white ones first or something like that, and then the black ones mid season for everybody. He always warm in the game, but yeah, they they yeah, the release schedule, schedule wasn't like it is today, you know what I'm saying. And you could still go to the store and get them. You know what I mean? Like right. it wasn't. It was so <laughs> out. The time. And um, yeah. So it was. It was a uh, new kicks for school, Christmas, my birthday. So I maybe only three three pairs of kicks, yo. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you got a summer pair. Nah, I didn't get a summer. Uh, my pair, you get nah. like a summer camp pair. Nah, I didn't. Get, <laughs> I didn't go to summer camp. Yeah, so me neither. I'm just saying yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, mean, went the, I went to the I went to the the curb. We went out front and ran up and down the street. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> I think it was um. So I guess for in a year period it would be March, um, September, December. 
I don't remember getting a pair outside of that. Maybe I did. I don't remember. But moral to the story is that it's interesting that we have different takes on it. You brought him the ball in. I never, I never ever brought a pair of Jordans ball in. Ever. Ball and that was that was after high school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I started working, and I could go buy my own pair. Yeah, yeah and I, I'm a um, I'm not really a, I want to call myself a sneakerhead because I want to disrespect the culture like that. But at the <laughs> time, was um, because I mean it's a culture involved. It is. It is. I, I'm definitely not. It is. I've never been the guy, and I don't ever plan on becoming that guy. The guy that will buy something just to have a more, just to look at it, like just mm-hmm. to have it away. So everything I buy, I'm going to wear. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, so yeah. my, my, polo, my polo collection is crazy. Could even be crazy <laughs> if, if I brought pieces that I'm not going to wear. You know what I'm saying? But I'm uh-huh. not going to buy something just because it's polo and that's my thing. Right. You know what I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to buy Jordans because that's my thing and not wear them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but there are people that do that. Like, they buy yeah. them and it's the same. Like, and I don't buy yeah. it. With well, them. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, I understand it. You know, it's, it's looked at. It's like artwork at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I never been that person. I never been that person. Though. I get it. I actually get it. Yeah. I just never been like for me. I'm not gonna buy anything that I'm not gonna enjoy the purpose of it for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, ain't, I, I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna buy anything because I do like like uh, I got like Hot Wheels and all that that's still in the package. <laughs> like, that type of stuff. Like I I'm mean, not. So you so you do. Yeah, you I'm got not Hot Wheels still in the package. It ain't <sighs> no, my my collection ain't crazy though. But you could probably, uh, you might be able to like flip that. Nah, I seen, I seen some <laughs> on, on, on eBay. I could flip off top, but I, I don't even. Okay. That's another story. We you, you still value that. it, yeah. Yeah. Script entertainment. Let's get the script entertainment. See. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll man. be dealing in the fine print. Been an hour in almost. Yeah, it's um, a good combo. Yeah. Script entertainment. This is your company. That's my company. That's my baby right now in terms of companies. That's. That is the main focus. Um, yes, yes. What is Scriptatainment? Please tell so, us. Scriptatainment is it's a mobile app. It's designed for screenwriters to sell their scripts directly to the reader. Right? So it's B2C, directly to the reader as reading entertainment content. So as the user, you download Scriptatainment in the App Store or the Android app store and add it to your your device you know set up an account and start to scroll and see what movies we have in there add it to your library your theater which is you know our equivalent of your library and you start to read the scripts as written you know by the screenwriters as they the scripts they were used to shoot the movie and in rare cases you might find a earlier draft of the script in scriptertainment right so it's a way to experience a movie in a new way in a different way that you probably really haven't considered in the past <clears throat> so if you're a movie head and just love you know all the old stuff you would like scriptertainment cuz you get to experience that story in a different way from your own mind's eye if you like to read ebooks, you know it's it's good for you because it's open you opening you up to a world of e stories that you really didn't have access to before, at least not easy access to. Okay. Um, 
And then if you're just looking for new content, especially in, in a time like we're in right now, and you know, you're kind of consuming a lot of different stuff and want to tap into some different content, you know, install script attainment. It's gonna, you know, take you down a, a road of content you really didn't engage with before and engage with in this way. Um, but in a nutshell, it's an app for screenwriters to get their story to the reader. Okay. That sounds like a, a very uh, niche. How did you come to uh, focus on it, the screenwriting niche? Right. Screen, I, I guess readers, right? Because that's what you... Yeah, well, it's it's for both audiences, right? Oh, okay. um, you have the, the creator audience and the, con, the consumer right, audience. So it's for both of these audiences from a different perspective. Um, not to say that writers won't also read, right? Uh -huh. They also they also consume and read, but it's it's for both of those audiences in a different way, and we're we're catering to both of these groups of people. Um, you know, that's our job is to make the experience great for both of them. Okay. So if you know what what brought me to this is, you know, I mentioned before earlier in the conversation that I'm an artist. Part part of that art is being a writer. I'm a writer by trade. I'm a journalist and I have a PR and journalism communications degree. So I'm a writer by trade. I've been writing <laughs> for 20 years now. <laughs> graduated college in 99. Uh, yeah, 21 years ago, graduated college. So I've been a writer, at least professionally, you know, for that, that long. A whole adult. Someone is an adult now from when I graduated, yeah. uh, showing my age. And my first, what got me into the entertainment business, opened me up into it, was an internship. Uh, before I graduated, I interned at New Line Cinema in New York in their PR department. Okay. And as a, as a publicist in that department, we would have scripts for upcoming releases laying around the office that we'd have to just kind of skim through, get familiar with the story to help us write our press kits. Mm. So me being a writer, starting with you know, as far as my art, writing rhymes, then writing poetry, eventually starting to write a couple of scripts. When I when I started to write those scripts, you know, I kind of didn't didn't complete them, put them away. Maybe five, seven years later, picked them picked them up and dusted them off and started writing again. But my, you know, I had I had real world, <clears throat> excuse me, real world business experience and you know business experience from starting my music management company, music artist management company. So having these experiences and then starting to write again, I asked myself, when I'm done with this script, how am I going to get people to pay attention to it? <clears throat> so having that question and reflecting back on my time at New Line Cinema, reading scripts and knowing that that was a fun experience sparked mm -hmm. the idea for script attainment. <clears throat> As a screenwriter, when I'm finished writing it, how do I get attention for it? How mm -hmm. do I get people to pay attention? And I've read scripts before, and it was a fun experience. That sparked the idea for script attainment. And then I started to... I had already knew I wanted to get into the mobile app business. Because mm -hmm. I was already tracking the progress of mobile apps as an industry. <clears throat> so I already had the mindset to... I was already reading and consuming everything to try to learn the app business. And, you know, all, what all I needed from there was the right idea. Eventually, you know, maybe three years into 
studying the app business, I came up with the idea for Scriptertainment. And then spent the next year figuring out how to get it developed. Okay. Um, ultimately, that landed with my one of my best friends, who is a tech guy. He's a computer science major. You know, that's what he's done for for a couple decades already. At the, at the time, um, I had this conversation with him about scriptertainment and i mean he's my best friend so he already knew i was like digging into the mobile app market trying to figure it out and he said hey listen i i like the idea you've already you know put some planning in place you've already figured out the idea i'm actually developing apps now like i got a job developing apps i'm I'm going studying it now i'm getting my certification in app development Mm -hmm. he's leading an app team and he was also my business partner on the music management company before we dissolved that. Uh, so we had already done business together. And, you know, I, that was fortunate for me because I was able to bring him on to be my in-house developer and a business partner, you know, as opposed to hiring, to outsourcing the work. And it was the best thing that could have happened because it's led to it being 10 times a better product than my initial vision for it because that would have been very limited in what I could do in terms of investment, you know, into outsourcing. It would have been very cookie cutter. Um, but it's so much better than that since I have this business partner that's in house and, you know, developing everything. Gotcha. And this is where the fine print, right? Yeah. The fine print, this probably has to read the fine print. So the premise, as I told you before, and the people that are familiar with this podcast, we try to dive deep into like, because I, I believe, one of my beliefs in life is that people get jammed up because they don't read the fine print in the contract. But we're, we're fine print is everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, So it's there's things that people overlook or don't pay attention to that gets them in trouble sometimes. So tell me like... Tell me, so you're in the app. Oh, let's rewind a little bit. So, because this is not your first app. No. Well, it's my first app in the the market. Yeah. It's my first app to make it to market. Yeah. Okay. But it's the second app that I've, it's the second app idea that I've worked on. Got you. So what, what we, what are some uh, things that you've learned about the app business that most people or people don't talk about? Mm -hmm. Positive. Um, and different yeah i think uh well i mean it's it's, it's probably almost everything about it people you know won't really know about and take for granted um if you're you know a casual user or if you're thinking about if you've always wanted to get into that space i'll I'll look out i'll take the question from that perspective if you've wanted to get into the space from the business side there's definitely a lot to consider that you're probably not considering. Primary primary consideration is, are you developing for Android or iOS, right? For Apple or Android. That's probably the primary thing to take into consideration from the very start of wanting to get into the business. Because you're going to have to... This is this is, it gets it gets technical and I'm not the technical guy I'm not the, the developer but I'll speak to it as best as I can and there's there's so many there's options right but you're gonna have to take that into consideration because 
budget wise and resource wise, you're going to are you going to want to come out the gate right for both iOS and Android users? Or are you going to kind of test your concept on Android first? Why I say Android first is because it's probably cheaper to get developed, okay. you know, Android first. And it's an easier process in terms of getting it into the App Store versus the Apple Store, right? Okay. Um, so if you have to pick one over the other to, to launch, I would say go with Android because the process is easier. And you find you can find more developers. Well, that's not true. More, most developers will develop for Apple first because it's the biggest app store, right? And that's where the early part of the business existed. Um, but the process will be easier for you to get Android pushed through than Apple. It's not extremely, it's not you know an extremely wide gap, mm -hmm. but but it is easier. In our case, you know, our developer developed for both at the same time using certain technology, certain, you know, um, services that are on the market. Mm -hmm. So you're, if you are the developer and you want to get into the app space, you already know the development side, learn the business side, mm -hmm. right? And if you're the business guy, the, the creative mind, and you need to hire a developer, I got lucky because my developer is one of my best friends and I made him a business partner. So I got lucky in that sense. If you have to outsource and hire out, you know, you have, there's a lot of things to consider. Um, but that's the first consideration is, are you going to develop for iOS or Android for your first release or both at the same time? And then, you know, once you make that decision, you can start to look for your developer. If you are the, the developer, start to think about what you need to do business-wise. Do I already have a company I'm going to roll this into or roll it out under? Do I need to set up? A, if not, do I need to set up a company, <laughs> right? Am I, do I plan to release just one app or do I want to release multiple apps down the road? And, you know, what does, what does my life cycle look like in this business? Do I want to try and get one hit and, and walk away? Or am I in this for the long term, bringing different ideas to the table? And is that going to be under one company? I have a company named Cybogu Tech, mm -hmm. right? Cybogu is the Japanese word for cyborg. So translated, my company is Cyborg Technology. I set this company up to release many apps down the road as as you know, I can develop different ideas and bring them to market. Are you going to go that route or are you just going to set up a company that kind of represents the brand that your app is and just kind of, you know, play that game until you decide to do something else or to, you know, add on and make that decision later. These are things to consider. I already, you know, God's gifted me with vision. I already have the vision. You know, I have three or four app ideas sitting and waiting, you know, until we have some success with scriptertainment that I could bring other things to market. So I have two tech companies established. Cybogu Tech is my parent company. Scriptertainment is a sub company to Cybogu Tech. My business partners own a piece of scriptertainment and Cybogu Tech owns a piece of scriptertainment okay. as the parent company. It owns, you know, the share that it owns and my partners own the percentage that they own 
and that's that's the structure that Scriptertainment has be, been released under. And that's all very strategic. You know, eventually, if we get to the point that we're going to sell Scriptertainment, we can do that. And I still have an established tech company, hopefully by that time, with other apps that it owns. Got you. Got you. I, I like that. I like that. So, so you-, you know, that's that's the first thing you want to consider, whether you're the developer or the the creative mind or both mm-hmm. that's like the first <laughs> upfront yeah. considerations to make and then there's there, i mean there's just so much more you know i think a- after that would be understanding front-end and back-end development what the user using the app sees versus mm-hmm. what they don't see and mm-hmm. that that ultimately could be two different hires that's two different developers front-end and a back-end and you know graphics a graphic designer right uh-huh. my first app didn't come to market because we couldn't get the front end design right got you and, so, and front we, end. We, we didn't get that right and the the project stalled and ultimately you know just disintegrated <laughs> got you so this is so you need a developer for the front end and the back end if if the developer that you hire doesn't do both then oh. yes and yeah. my developer does both, but then there's also the layer of design, a designer. He does both enough that the app looks great because mm-hmm. he can do the front-end design, but then there's still an element of us. Later, we may hire a designer to actually just create a better-looking version of the front-end. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question that I always get asked as an attorney. How, yeah. much, how much does this cost? <laughs> how much does this cost? Okay, so I'll tell you right now to operate. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm going backwards. Right, let me try to, how much did it cost? So because my developer is a business partner, it costed me giving up ownership in the company. Mm-hmm. Right? So it costed me giving up ownership so I didn't have to outsource payment to a developer. If you want a dollar amount, what it would cost someone. So there's there's tears of who you can hire. And anyone looking to get into it, I suggest, depending on what you're trying to build, my first suggestion is hiring out to freelancers. Because a freelancer is going to be more going to be in a good price range. And they're going to work with you in terms of hours that it takes to develop. And they'll be available for you to speak to. So on the low end, you can hire a freelancer. And then it gradually starts to go up from there. Right? You might hire a freelancer for $75, $80 an hour, $125 an hour. Depends on what that developer charges per hour to develop. But that's a good estimate of a range. Right? Between $85 to $125 per hour. Yeah, and probably up from there. Okay. You know, I might be lowballing it. Um, so let's just go with the high end. High end. So <laughs> let's just say starting over a hundred bucks an hour. Budget. At least, at least, but at least budget for one hundred twenty-five dollars an hour. At least, yeah. At least, yeah, at least budget for one hundred twenty. And how many? How many? Like I said, depends on the on depends average on the how many, how many yeah. hours. It really depends. You know, it really depends, man. It's that's a hard answer to give. Let's just say. Your job is going to take the developer 80 hours. 
ADR. two full weeks of development, right? Oh, but that okay. might be spread out over a month, right? Because you're not their only project. Got you. Right? Yeah. I mean, you do the math on that, right? Yeah. So you need at least four grand, right? Yeah. No, eight I grand? Eight, at least eight grand. Yeah, at least, at eight, least grand. eight grand if it's yeah. taking them. So, it's so really not a cheap grand. start. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but you could get it done, right? You save up for a year, you go do your hire, you get your app developed. Now, there's actually a tier below that. There's there are online resources. There's companies that set up that I would actually suggest to go to before the freelancer. Sorry about that. There's companies set up. I I can't rattle off the names right now because there's this is so long ago that I've researched these. You know, some of those companies don't exist anymore. Some have grown and their their services have changed. But you can hire these, find these companies online that you can hire, not even companies, services that you can hire that you can use out of the box. Okay. And it's pretty much like a plug and play. Mm -hmm. The same way you can go to Squarespace and develop and create your website on your own, mm -hmm. you can use these out of the box services to develop your app. So if you have an app that's kind of a, a training app, um, if it's like trained fitness training, right? Or an app for your, your law firm, right? Mm -hmm. And you want your own app. These are things you can get out of the box and just kind of plug in your information and mm -hmm. kind of like rearrange the designs and release into the app store. And that's the easiest, simplest thing to do and get done. But it depends on what type of app you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then I would go freelance route. And then if you if you have bigger budget, you can hire an app development company that has staff, a staff of developers. Gotcha. Right. And that's you're going to start getting into the 15, 20, twenty five thousand dollar range once you hire one of these bigger companies. What's the, right? out of the price What's out of the, the box? You know, maybe five hundred bucks. Okay. Right. It's going to be, you know, five hundred to fifteen hundred out of the box. And because you could pay up front or you could pay monthly. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to be paying ongoing because you're using this service monthly to operate your app so you're going to have this annual or monthly charge gotcha so versus a freelancer you're going to pay pay their fee the app is going to get developed and then you might have to retain them to do something every month yeah. you might not depends on on your app you know if it needs changes every month you might have to kick them a few hundred dollars every month if not you know, then your eight grand to get you there, and now your app is on the market. Yes. And then these, you know, bigger companies are going to drop 25K. Maybe you'll come back to them once a year. Maybe they'll check in with you every quarter to see what you need, that sort of thing. Um, but it costed me, you know, giving up ownership to have an in-house developer that's also a partner. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't go any of these other routes <laughs> that I've just given you but that was my plan yeah. before he came on okay. my plan that first year of working through things was all of this research in how to get it done and yeah. ultimately i was going to hire freelancers until he came on board got you so so for somebody that wanted to jump in they got basically saying you got at least have fifteen hundred dollars just to get the app um, i would say that's out, a, yeah. out the box out, out the, the box, box. You want out the box, you want to have to at least pay $1,500. Yeah, that's, that. a good, that's a good yeah. budget. Yeah. yeah, 
Exactly. So 1500 is what they're looking at. So how do you, because uh, at the end of the day, I'm assuming people are making apps to make money. Absolutely. Right? So I, <laughs> yeah, so an app, yeah. So apps, I see that they have a, uh, they said, well, but I'm going to name off some business models. You tell me what I'm missing. So subscription based, right? Yeah. yeah uh, that's that's a, uh, a monetization model, a business model. You got ads. Yes. Um, I guess those are the main two, right? What's what I'm in in app purchases. In app purchases. That's a great one. That's Which what what's huge. That's that's what gaming is all about. And gaming is all about in game purchases now. In game yeah. purchases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I when I that. saw though, when I was doing my research before I started to get anything developed, and I saw what in game purchases were doing. And the, the biggest, uh, I mean, well, there's a lot of really good examples, but, you know, Angry Birds, Angry Birds got huge. Angry Birds got huge. And the in-app purchases, I mean, when I saw the numbers that they were doing, like, monthly, yeah. I was just like, I need to figure out how to get into this industry, you know. Yeah. I was studying, I was reading a lot of tech magazines and, you know, I had just finished my master's in media management, and that's what really took me from a media profession into getting into technology. I wasn't really a tech guy before my master's program, but I did a paper on the ringtone industry in that program, yeah. and everything clicked for me yeah. in terms of moving into digital and technology. That, that was the catalyst for me making that move. And yeah. ultimately having two tech companies and trying to grow and get an app onto market and trying to grow it. And we're moving into a monetization model later this year for Script Entertainment. Yeah. So in that purchases, ads, uh, subscription, subscription yeah. payments, and you know, depending on the type of app you have, there might be merch associated merch. with the app. Yeah, you yeah. know, which isn't really in app, but well, you know, there, there's ways you can also you can set up to sell your merch through in app. Yeah. Um, so those those would be the things that come to mind immediately. Um, you know, if there's if there's pay per download, pay per download in your app, that's yeah. another. It's not subscription, and it's not it's an in app purchase, but a different type than than what we're talking about, like with the gaming. Um, talking about like paper download for content versus yeah. subscription, you know, for the content is another way to monetize. Um, and then, you know, maybe merch depending on the type of brand you have. Gotcha. And, um, approximately how, how big is the, is the app market? Um, <laughs> you know, I haven't pulled, right. Multi-billion? Oh, no, I'm Yes, multi-billion. I haven't pulled that kind of data in a long time. It's definitely multi-billion. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you e-books because that's the industry I have to – I that's one of the industries I study to, you know, do what we're doing with Scriptatainment and be knowledgeable of. E-books, you know, being sold in-app. Um, cause that's, you're talking about your iTunes bookstore, right? Your, your Android ebook store. So these are what you're talking about is a $3 billion a year industry. <laughs> know that. Yeah. 
So that's what we're playing in that $3 billion a year industry. When we talk about script attainment, there is no E or electronic or digital script industry. We're creating that. Okay. So the closest thing we have for me to kind of gauge, gauge it against is the ebook industry. So I, I describe script attainment as being a subset of the ebook industry until we grow it to a point that it could be considered its own. Gotcha. Right. Then you'll look at ebooks versus e scripts side by side. Gotcha. Gotcha. And before before we go, I know we I know we got we got uh we both gotta go soon. Talk about the YouTube page. You just your launch your YouTube page. Congratulations again on that. <laughs> Thank lost, you. What what's the name of it? Tell the people the name so of I it. I just launched a YouTube channel named Tech Dad and Son. The first video actually went live today. On oh, tech I, dad. I haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> yeah. How long is it? Uh, the first, our first, our episode one of Tech Dad and Son is just over five minutes long. Okay. It's just over five minutes. So Tech Dad and Son is a show that I created and launched with my son. Yes, my two and a half year old is my co-star. Well, uh, let's say I'm his. Yeah, it's Tech Dad. I'm the. Yeah, I get top <laughs> billing. So Tech Dad and Son. So he's my co-star. Uh-huh. Uh, and I launched this because, so like I talked about when I got into tech, so I just wanted, one, I wanted to, I made a promise to myself to use all of my gifts. Okay. Right? And me doing the show is using my gift of understanding social media. We didn't talk about, you know, I work in social media. That, oh. That's my day job. I, I'm a, I work in paid social media. I mean, social media advertising. Okay. All right. So when you see a Polo ad on Facebook, if Polo is my client, I made sure that 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 you saw that ad mm-hmm. and worked with the creative team that designed that ad mm-hmm. and decided how much budget to put behind that ad. That's mm-hmm. my job. So I have this knowledge of social media, um, YouTube being in that realm. I understand it. You know, and I want—I made a promise to myself to use all my gifts. So I developed this show to use my gift of understanding social media to do something fun and creative with my son. We've already seen that he's taking an act, uh, a liking to acting, and he likes being on camera. Um, so I want to anything that he likes, I want to encourage and help develop, and and I put new put new things in front of him to see what he gravitates to. If he doesn't like something, we're not going to force it. If he loves something, we're going to encourage it. So it's a way to encourage us seeing him liking acting and wanting to be on camera. And he's growing up in an era where he says, hey, Google, play wheels on the bus. He talks to Google Home. He's growing up in an era where he doesn't he's not asking to put on ABC. He's asking, turn on net. Can I watch Netflix? Mm-hmm. Right, and he's growing up in an era where if he sees me on his phone and even on the TV, we we really let him watch on the TV because we don't give him a device to run around with on his own. Um, he'll ask to watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. So YouTube and Netflix to him are channels. This is where he consumes content, mm-hmm. and so he knows. So he'll see himself on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right, he. We've already he understands what business is because for Christmas we got him a Fisher Price pup and sis food truck. 
And when we gave it to him, we said, this is your food truck. This is your first business. Mm -hmm. So he'll go to it in the morning and, and open up and say, hey, sir, how can I help you? Come to my business. Mm. We've already implanted that in him. He'll know eventually that his YouTube channel, eventually, he'll know that it's a business. You know, mm. I'm not like force feeding anything, but we introduced the concept of business to him with a toy that he already we got that for him because he already liked the Fisher Price pup and sis characters. You know, okay. he would watch these videos and sing songs. So we, we fed that to him with something that he already enjoys and let him know and got it's a food truck. It's 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 a business. You're selling food. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, you know. So we got and and it is it is for me it's it's not just entertainment, it's not just media. I'm doing some things I love. But it's also to create a business for both my entertainment company, which I mentioned earlier, is Renaissance Life Entertainment, and mm -hmm. eventually establishing something for him and something to hand down to him. You know, something that can, if he decides to go to college, create a college fund for him, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking to these businesses to put him through school, not my paycheck, right? Yeah. Um, and, and part of that will be business that's, that's his. So it's to establish those generational things and to do something fun with my son, just, you know, another activity every weekend, we'll shoot an episode and he's already <laughs> got out the shower the day of us recording and said, okay, I'm, I'm ready, you know, and I'm letting him learn the equipment, right? Mm -hmm. He knows what the tripod is now. He's seen the programs I'm working in. So he's as we're doing this fun thing with him, he's also he's learning things. He's being hands on. You know, he can learn equipment through this process. Yeah, he's two and a half, but he's, you know, have a conversation with him. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I think this is a wonderful thing that you're doing. I mean, I've seen other parents do it, obviously. Um, I mean, because YouTube is building some, <laughs> yeah. somebody's doing it. Yet. I'm yeah. sorry. Just on the business side. Yeah. OK. You might have heard of Ryan. Logan knows Ryan. It's probably the kid that blew up this like unboxing type yeah, yeah, of video. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Did twelve yeah, million yeah. last year off of YouTube. Off YouTube, yeah, yeah. Now he's got the toy deal with whatever toy company it's with. His Ryan brand is in the stores, and he's got the Nickelodeon deal. His sister's on the show now. Yeah. You know, they've got the whole family involved. The parents quit their job. So just from a business perspective, it is a model that's proven to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you want to dive in, you know, if if there's people out there that want to know if this is something that they can consider, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, I was going to go. I was. I, that's a great point. I wasn't even going there at that with the business. Let's throw going, that in. Nah, nah, that's a great <laughs> point because my point was going to be it is good to because we don't know what we can do until we try it, right? So, this is a great yeah. thing that you're introducing your son to these things early because we don't know what he can do until he's doing Absolutely. it. You know what I'm saying? Until, like, and I think a lot of times, and, and, and myself, I'm concluding myself in this conversation like a lot of times we take ourselves out of out of uh out of things or don't try things because we don't think we can do them and like that's a very limiting belief you know what i'm saying because we don't know what we can do until we try it 
And like just because you fail the first time don't mean you can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we failed the first time, like we said, with the first app and came yeah. back a couple years later with a good idea. Yeah. And this is one of those things where I think like um just as especially with this pandemic, man, and then you know, we we, mm-hmm. we people are dying. I mean, we all our time are limited, but I mean I know people that die from it. And this is like, man, for me yeah, it's, it's like like you gotta you gotta try things. Cause I mean, nobody knows nobody knows when mm-hmm. they time is up, man. So it's like a lot of the things we're not trying, we're not trying because we fear failure. We right. feel we fear <laughs> like we care too much about what people think. And a part of what I'm saying, like, just to bring the conversation 360, when I was saying like I study human beings, like that's just something I my nerd thing I mm-hmm. do. Like I just I, I study <laughs> like I study like emotions and how people react to certain things. And it's it's just funny to me, like why I troll so much um, with Michael Jordan specifically, because I know people have that immediate emotional attachment to him, so they want to defend him no matter what, right? Right. And I also realized right. that, like, how much people care about your opinion about nothing. Because at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, who yeah. cares? Who cares? Who cares if he's the best? If you think he, why would you care if I think he's the best player in the world? Ultimately, you know it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Doesn't it impact all. much on your life. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't impact anybody's <laughs> life like that. So it's like, but we care so much about what people think. And really, we only really care about what they think if they disagree with us for real. Mm, if yeah. we if we agree, we be like, yo, that person disagrees with me. Like I'm not gonna even really have that in-depth. Eyes, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna really have that in-depth conversation with them because they already believe what I believe. Right. And it is interesting to see, like I said, I think I think the, the most important thing that you're doing outside of the business is going to be successful regardless. Like even if this is not the the one that launches, maybe this is the one that launches him to whatever. But it's the process. I like that you're going through the process. Process, man. You have to enjoy the process Absolutely. in anything, and I've everything I've done, I've enjoyed the process. Yeah. You know, um, I'm am I at the status I want to be at yet? No, and maybe I should have focused on the dollars more mm. you know maybe there's a middle ground but i have i've never done anything that i didn't enjoy the process you know in terms of business and you know trying to trying to establish something or, or create something great um so yeah you got to enjoy the process if the end goal is when you're going to be happy it's going to be a while <laughs> yeah like i stop even um I think we're trained to think about the end goal, right? You should think about the end goal. You should have an end goal, but I think we're trained. I think we're trained to focus on the end goal right. and not necessarily focus on the process, because right. the end goal was never going to be what you think it's going to be at the end of the day. Like when you live long enough, you realize the end goal was never. It's never going to be what you thought it was going to be, right? Yeah, or it's going to be. <clears throat> it's not going to be as climactic as you anticipated because it's not just one moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I don't know what that moment could be for you, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the conversation, I want to have my house built. Yeah. You know, like when we turn that key and walk in that that's a moment. Right. And that. You know, then we live in that house for, you know, 40 years, I mean, <laughs> you know, right. Like yeah. that that moment has arrived and that climax passes, you know, now what? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It can't just be that you're happy at that climax, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a um 
I know we got we got an hour and a half in. Yeah, this you was know. good. <laughs> so I, I want to have you on again, brother. I, I don't know how your schedule is like. I know you. Uh, we both busy, and you, you know, you're home with the kids, yeah. the family. But I want to have. I'd love you to come again. back on. Um, you know, after after we've done some things, and I, I got some more to share. Um, you know, would love to. Would love to. All right. All right, thanks. And give people your um where they can find you at on, on social media and, and whatever else you got going right. on. Like, yeah, on social media, you know, my personal, you can find me on S S Longsworth at S Longsworth. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. If you're looking to talk, you know, connect with me on a business level. I'm on LinkedIn. That's my favorite social media platform right now. Uh, on on the business side of things, uh, Scriptertainment. We're at Scriptertainment on twitter instagram uh facebook.com slash scriptertainment we're on linkedin.com slash scriptertainment app uh so we're on all of those platforms for scriptertainment as well uh tech dad and son is on youtube just search tech dad and son uh logan that's my son uh, if, if you want to follow him he's on instagram at logan longsworth and follow his <laughs> antics, mm-hmm. um, and as he drops new episodes, that, that, that's that's where we are on social media. And for Scriptertainment, you can go to scriptertainment.com or search Scriptertainment in the app stores. Okay, yeah, thank, thanks, man. Thanks again, man. Thanks everybody listening. Thanks for tuning in for giving us an hour and a half or however many however much time you have given us. We yeah. appreciate it. And please uh, like, rate, and review. I know. That's the cliche saying, but that really does help us. And also, let's plug the uh, the website, New Jersey, because I'm on I'm yes. on the platform. Yeah, uh, podcastersofnewjersey.org org is, is the website. Yeah, yeah. This is a website for what's an organization for podcasters in New Jersey and the greater tri-state area to really. Um, you know, bring podcasters insight and information on a monthly basis. It, it, there's a meetup group that's currently meeting online the last Thursday of every month. Um, and, you know, that's a, the site is, is up and, and running now. And you can find the Travius podcast there as well. And it's a good place to start to search for podcasts from podcasters in your area. Yeah. And thanks again for linking me up with that that connection. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks again. Thanks for everybody. I'm, um, I hope y'all love being safe out there, and I'll talk to you later. I'll see you when I see you. Peace. Thanks for having me. All right.